G'day. Welcome to Lunch Money. We are your online and social media home for workout special situations and capital raising professionals. Uh, my name is Nick Samios. I am the director and fund manager here at Hermes Capital and I am your Lunch Money host. And this is episode 70, uh, which is quite remarkable. I guess uh, it's, a, it's an achievement on one hand. On the other hand, it's a little bit sad. It means that we've had at least 70 weeks of, uh, of uh, being restricted uh, and me not being able to get in front of people and have nice long Friday lunches around the country. And instead, I'm uh, I'm sitting here, but I has given me the opportunity of meeting some wonderful people. Today, we're going to talk about the travel industry. We're getting ready to open up. Uh, if you're in New South Wales, um, you know, there's you can really feel a head of steam of people getting vaccinated and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, the Premier's telling businesses to get ready. Um Queensland and WA, of course, are already open, although they're closed to the rest of us. Victoria, I, I think Victoria will get there. They're having a few issues at the moment, but I think that there is a feeling of momentum. And how, how, what's going to happen? How is the travel industry going to, uh, going to uh, open up? What's it going to look like for business travellers and for leisure travellers alike? Um, I tell you what's been really interesting. I've got a little slide here of the Webjet share price. And you can see that at the beginning of last year, it was up at nearly $14.50. Uh, the pandemic hit and then it, it slammed down to $2.25. And, you know, it recovered. It's come back. It's it's bounced around. It's, I think its maximum was, I'm not sure what the peak was, but about $6 something. It's $5 something now. Um, and I think what that tells us is that Certainly, the financial markets have got optimism that even you know, the, the share price, and this is not financial advice, and I could have picked any of the stocks. I could have picked Qantas. Uh, I could have picked any of the publicly traded um, travel stocks, and they've all done the same thing. They absolutely dived at the beginning and they've recovered because I think people have got optimism that the, the, tour, uh, the travel and tourism will recover. So with that, I'm going to introduce uh, all of our guests to begin with, just to let you know who we've got joining us here today we've got we've got um barbara whitten from uh, um from from anywhere travel we've got warren leo from uh, from uh, circo uh we've got julie reed who is a director of australia new zealand and tahiti sales at united airlines uh and we've got tom manwaring uh who is from express travel group but tom is also the chairman of the Australian Federation of Travel Agents, also known as AFTA. So thank you very much to all of you for joining us. Um, I'm going to start with you, Barbara. Um, and before we do start with you, you know, I've got a friend um, who isn't quite sure with her travel plans, and I'm wondering if you can give her any advice. I'll just show you who I'm talking about. Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> you got any advice for her, Barbara? Be polite. Uh, I can't really be polite. Um, she's just got to open the borders and we've got to be able to, to send people to Queensland. But she said, where are you going to go? You, you, you're going to go to Tokyo? Are you going to go to, you know, where are you going to She's sort of more or less saying, well, even if we let you out, uh, you know, where are you going to go? Well, look, depends on the timing. We'll get people out. And the question is getting them back, you know. Over the next couple of months, that's going to be difficult. But next year, we should be moving with more schedules. We should be able to help people a bit more than we can now. Barbara, let's start off with um, your 
your stats. You've got some you've got some stats for us just to give us a bit of an idea of how the travel industry has been knocked around. Uh, Pre-COVID, it was a $60.8 billion industry. That's in Australia. And it's now it's 34 point, uh, $34 billion. So the industry is practically halved, and I'm surprised that it, it's only that much, I guess. Um, the, the, the industry was growing at a rate of six point something percent. I need my reading glasses. Uh, the industry now has experienced uh, is experiencing negative growth at 17.6 percent, um, represented 12.8 percent of total employment pre-COVID. And now it's uh, that's obviously eased off. And I, I wonder how many people not working are, hid, are hidden in those statistics. So what can you tell us, Barbara? I mean, you're the you're the managing director of Anywhere Travel. Obviously, you know, obviously you've been feeling it yourself. What what What's going on from your point of view? Um, well, we took a hit, no international travel virtually since March last year. Um, so um, the issues I see in the industry currently that staff were let go, that there's about a third less staff now in the, in the travel industry. Uh, we luckily didn't lose too many. Um, JobKeeper was the absolute saviour for us. Uh, but this year with job um, job uh, job the latest one. Make, it's not uh, the only, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. keeper. No, uh, yeah, say, job yeah, saver. I, I, it was job yeah. keeper last year and now it's job saver. And yeah. that's and that's a real issue. I think the uncertainty still worries us and the lack of availability. We, we've we got customers coming to us saying, look, we want to go, we want to travel, but mm. we can't, October, November, December, we can't get seats. Airlines aren't rescheduling their flights because they're not sure of what's going on. So that's the issue. And, uh, yeah, we'll get some domestic back. But we had a lot last year within the COVID frame when we had when we had got some. But now, of course, we've had a disaster the last few months. And I'm interested, Barbara, I mean, you're, you're an agent. So what, what are the communications like from, obviously, we, you know, we've got Julie here. Uh, but what, you know, you, you'd have the airlines and the hotel groups. I mean, are they... What, are they well, been keeping you, you know, staying in regular contact? How, how does that work? No, no. Most airlines, um, Qantas included, have laid off most of their staff. Hmm. So people working one day a week, even Hello World, public company, their hmm. corporate people are only working about one or two days a week. Airlines, hmm. other airlines, yeah, some are working, the ones that are still flying. Hmm. Uh, and thankfully, Julie and her group are, are great. But a lot of others you just don't you don't hear from, and and hoteliers as well. You you know they work maybe one or two days a week. Very hard to be in touch with people. Okay. And the people have gone. The main thing is that all the people that you relied on and you knew, you know, all these years suddenly have gone, and there's a whole bunch of new people. Wow, that's really interesting, actually, because yeah, you, you, I know that yeah, in your business, it's all about having the relationships at the you know, we, yeah. it's all it's all about pulling strings and getting favours and all that sort of stuff. Often, isn't it? Oh, we never and, do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, well, I, I don't know, Barbara. I mean, I, I I know that I remember one time I was I was in Dar I was at Darwin Airport and I was meant to come to Sydney and all of a sudden I got called to Perth and I rang your office and uh, you know someone's pulled some strings somewhere and managed to uh, get my flights changed and my luggage turned up at the right place and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of your, okay, well, look, uh, actually, Julie, you have been flying. So United has been flying when the other airlines haven't been. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? 
Sure. So United's been the only airline that's flown continuously between Australia and North America. So we've flown twice a day, um, Sydney, San Francisco, Sydney, LA. So for us, we've still got our staff, we've still got people around every day engaging with the agents and trying to help people. So we feel really privileged that we've been able to do that. It's been a challenge, I won't lie. Um, the caps change on a almost monthly basis. At the moment, the caps are the lowest they've ever been. So we spend an awful lot of time taking bookings and then having to change bookings because the government changes the caps on us. And I think that is one huge consideration for the future is how do we get over the caps? How do we allow free people to come back in and be able to make things work? But we're proud we've been here and we're really, really lucky that our team are still in place and we're still engaging with the travel agents because we need travel agents. The customer needs travel agents, particularly at the moment when things are so confusing and changing all the time. And tell me, what happened? I mean, did, did all the airlines draw straws to see who was going to keep flying? I mean, how come... <laughs> Or, or did, did, you, was, did you just guys say, look, we don't care what everybody else is doing, we're, we're going to stay in the air? Absolutely. We focus on our own business rather than what others are doing. And we said, hey, you know, someone's got to get some Australians home. Um, there were so many Australians stuck in the U.S., and nobody's traveling for fun at the moment. Everybody's traveling with a sad story or an unfortunate situation. So we were able to do that. And obviously there's a cargo piece to it as well. Early on when um, COVID first came, there was a lot of medical supplies, PPE needing to be shipped. And still cargo today is super, super strong. So we've been very lucky to stay. We're grateful to have stayed. And also it means when things come back, we're here. We've never left. So all our team yeah. are still working. We're all good to go. We're ready to hit the ground running as soon as the government tells us we can actually open up fully for sale and take as many people as we wish. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Listen, Tom, um, you obviously, you, you wear a hat as a, um, you know, as a, as a travel agent yourself, but you're also uh, the chairman of AFTA. Um now, you know, I guess one of the uh, in the finance game, I, we have an expression called runway, which doesn't uh, relate to aeroplanes. It relates to cash in the business that you know, cash is like a runway so that, you know, you can take yeah. off because, as you know, if you don't have enough runway when you're flying a plane, you you uh, yeah. you sort of crash into the side of the mountain. So you need to have enough runway. Do the um, people in the travel industry, the people that are members of your organisation, do they have enough runway as far as, you know, has the government done enough and uh, how are you finding the banks? Yeah, uh, thanks, Nick. That's a loaded question. <laughs> Any banks listening? Um, I thought banks were created to lend money, frankly, mm. but uh, that's op the opposite at the moment. Yeah, it is a convoluted, and I agree entirely with what Barbara and... Uh, Jules are saying from United's point of view, um, just giving you a bit of a roundup before I get into money, but the, um, you know, the basis of it is that uh, we've been in a lockdown as an industry for 600 days. That's, that's the fact. So other industries have come in and out across the last 20 months and uh, we've remained firmly in lockdown. Most travel businesses that we see from an after point of view, we see their finances a negative 90 to 110 percent on 219. Mm. So as Barbara said, a little bit of money made on that runway to keep people going through 20. But now that we're really just about at the end of 21, any of those funds or superannuation or mortgage homes, that cash used to support those businesses has now been done. So cash is king, but mm. uh, in travel, it's scarce. 
the only way we can get out of this in a cash flow way is for a scale to start. And Julie mentioned it. Um, 58 airlines serviced Australia in 2019. Now we have 18. Mm. Now, you can flick a switch politically and say we're all starting international travel from 18 December. The facts are that uh, aeroplanes aren't going to fly here if they're empty coming in and mm. uh, have quotas on them going out, or even if they can go full out. It's still a very hard road. Garuda, Thai Airways, in bankruptcy, basically, um, and a number of other airlines too. So the, pr the primary carriers, the, uh, the national and solid carriers that have been around for years, um, are presenting for travel agents to um, make money again. It's just going to take time. It's going to be a 9, 12, 18-month outhaul. So we can't get back up to 7 million people flying a year overnight, which is where we need to be, 7 million in and out. Now, I could go on and on about we can't bring people into the country until we get rid of the quarantine. Home quarantine's yeah. no good, right? We need to get rid of the quarantine. Everybody's double-vaxxed, which there will be at Christmas, 90%, and away we go. Yeah. Getting back to money, uh, the banks, the grants, uh, the federal government were great support. Uh, I agree entirely with Barbara that JobKeeper saved the day for most businesses. We lost 15,000 people. Um, 3,000 businesses still. We did have 40,000 in our industry. Now it sits at about 25 uh, and on an edge. Most of those people are hibernating. Um, they are running one and two, two and three jobs rather. 70% of our workforce are women. So how this works with money, uh, the banks in terms of loans for a start, before I go back to grants, the loan side of it, there was a, there's a Commonwealth grant loan uh, facility with an 80% government back guarantee. Uh, not I'm situated in Victoria at the moment. Um, not one loan in Victoria has been given out to a travel business. Travel businesses yeah. are high risk, mm. and uh, they just will not lend money. They 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 tout out that there is an APRA technical requirement that uh, prevents taking uh, security over businesses who don't have business ownership, building ownership. They're operating on leases, which is 95% of our businesses. Um, so therefore, they can't get past first base. Uh, yeah, I was talking to uh, I, 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 just before I spoke with you the other day. I was talking to mm. someone at, at one of the banks, and I won't name names because, but they were saying, "Listen, this scheme, uh, no one's interested." Like, yes, it's there. Uh, there there's eighty percent. Eighty percent, I think, is the guarantee, isn't it? Correct. Um, and no, they on. they'll just make any excuse. They they just yeah. don't want to do it. Listen, before I want to drill a little bit further into that, I just want to remind people that. Um, we are live for, for our live viewers and listeners. Um, we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and on Twitter. And you can subscribe to all those, of course. But if you ask a live question, we will endeavour to uh, send you one of our lunch money mugs. We send those to the best question right. of the day. And uh, look, it's in what I call an Aegean blue. It just gives me, <laughs> I, I can't go to the Greek islands, but at least I can dream about them when I look into my coffee mug. And right. you can do that too. Um, so you said there was 40,000 businesses and they're now down to 25,000. What's it been like where, where at Circo? I mean, what's the, have you had work to do? I mean, how, do, how does it, how does it, tell us a little, just tell us, give us a, like a, a snapshot of what Circo is for, for yeah. the initiated and then tell us yeah, what's, what's your life been like. 
Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, so Circo, we're a we're a New Zealand tech company. Uh, you know, taking over the world like, like every other New Zealand tech company is doing. Um, what we do is that we look after the corporate online travel space. Uh, so uh, looking at your corporate travel programs uh, that your businesses are looking to um, implement an online booking tool where you can uh, uh, book your air, car, and hotel transfers all in all in a single space. Um, but of course, it's you know I think the big question that we hear is um, why why can't you be like a, a leisure site or why can't you know can we book on Qantas can we book on there it's bringing what we like to call the connected trip uh, all together so bringing all elements of travel together um, is 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 what we do and what we're doing well um, but so onto your question there Nick uh, what we what have we been doing for the last 18 months that's a that's a great question I think you know we've been very lucky um, as, as a business to have uh, raised capital just before the pandemic hit um, but we were also uh, we also had prepared for some level of um, crisis um, so we were very lucky to have, have prepared for it and you know unfortunately it, it has uh, hit the rest of the world um, so we did have to hibernate for the first half of, of the pandemic um, as of course 70% uh, of our revenue is actually to do with domestic bookings so um, we weren't as hard hit as our as my peers here as um, uh, as much as uh, Barbara and, and the TMC community uh, so we took the opportunity to um, to really sit back and look at our product and see where we are actually going and validating our roadmap. I like to think of, um, let's think about uh, performance. Our biggest thing that we did while we were in lockdown was, was performance of the software. Um, users these days, everything is instant, right? Um, if you go onto any website, if you're sitting there for more than one second, um, right. uh, you've already lost interest and you've already lost um, the attention of, of that audience. So as a corporate online booking tool, we had to make sure that we were on par with leisure sites. So making sure that the speed was, uh, was there. Uh, but moving, Moving beyond that, moving be beyond performance um, of, of our software, we've also uh, started to work on on a com uh, on a campaign uh, to for the return of travel. I mean, as a, I guess you sort of conceive yourself as a tech company, and I know I've been using you via Barbara for some time now. Uh, and the, the beauty of it is, yeah, it's you 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 log in once, and you know the the, the travel, the car, and the hotel. It's just click click click, and that's 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 obviously the beauty of it. Um, and you've got all the corporate rules so that you know people aren't going crazy who aren't you know authorizations and all that sort of stuff. But you must see a lot of data. So um, have you got any sort of insights? Did you do data analytics and all that sort of stuff? Have you got any any insights there? I'm sort of throwing you under the bus there. I haven't prepped you for that. Yeah, no, 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 that's all right. If I can look at data analytics, I think data is key, right? Data in anything, especially in technology. Um, so going back on what we've done as well during the pandemic, um, uh, we also did a bit of a, a, a employment drive. So we were hiring. Um, so we've got actually a team of, of data, uh, data analysts um, so I'm not technical at all, but um, having these, uh, being in some of these uh, product calls where our team are using the analytics of when people um, uh, select on content, right? So people selecting on specific content or or sitting on a specific page and sitting on there, um, but not actually doing a booking. So understanding that kind of booking trend and understanding why people are sitting on that page. So for example, uh, one that I can share is, is when people are sitting on the availability page. So we've returned your air content, your hotel, your, your rental car, what have you. Um, and the amount of time that someone would return to that page or sit on that page without actually completing a booking. So 
understanding why people are clicking on certain things why are they why are they sitting there or are they actually going off and clicking onto another opening up another browser and looking right. and googling information right? right so getting all that kind of data and bringing it back but i think if, if we're going to go down the path of looking towards our businesses and understanding the trends of why they would probably be implementing an online booking tool we have around about seven thousand corporates that are already using our, our product today and we we project that we will continue to see an increase uh, in that, and that's just just because of the likes of the pandemic has brought back the need for uh, for technology to complement um, the need of people coming back uh, to the to the travel space. Okay, and Julie, from uh, you know from your perspective, I mean, how obviously you've got you know some custom, you know, people uh, coming to to and from America, and as you said, it's not necessarily all all uh, happy you know ha ha happy trips, but uh, what I mean, how do you stay close to the market so that to, to your customer base, so that you know what they're going to need coming for, going forward? What's the so I think because we've been here and we've had a team, we just spend a lot of time with the travel agent community. They're the most important customer to us, and just understand what, what do the customers need moving forward. What do we need to accommodate? It can be anything from um, grievances, someone's had to come back for a funeral or someone's seriously ill. It can be children going for a hospital visits. It can be people uh, with surrogate children. It can be a whole range of quite sad stories. And of course, having the government caps have become a real challenge for us because we can get five days notice and the caps will suddenly half and we might get 10 people on a plane on the inbound. And that's obviously okay for now but that's not sustainable long term um, so it is about making sure we have the relationships with the agencies and making sure that they understand the challenges we have and you know trying to get as many people on a plane as we can working with the Australian government to just try and understand what's going to happen next week we only have caps in place at the moment until the end of October so what's going to happen from the 1st of November? Because we've been here throughout, we've had 18 months of taking bookings and then having to sadly tell people they can't fly because the government have changed the caps. We don't want to have to do that again for Christmas. We want to know what the numbers are going to be rather than us guessing or opening up and then having to tell people they're not going to be able to fly again. So I think we need some certainty moving forward. Um, and I think working together, the airlines and the travel agents community will be able to ensure that the traveler knows if they're booked, they're going to travel and it's going to be okay. Okay, Tom, what, um, in your capacity, what are the most common things that, you, that the industry gets in touch with your industry body for, for assistance with? Like what, 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 what well, does the phone ring, you know, what does the phone ring most for? Yeah, the after office was not for profit. I mean, it's uh, funded by the agents, by the members, the 3,000 members, which has now dropped to about 2,100. So the uh, the major phone calls used to be about skills and training and uh, issues uh, dealing with uh, choice or things like that. Um, but at the moment, it's 99% about finance, basically. Uh, how do we restructure our business? How do we, can we get help for insolvency? You know, Is how that right? Re really? Yeah, there's a majority of it now. I mean, you know, and it's, it's people preparing themselves because of the uncertainty which Julia touched on. Uh, you know, the, the confidence in the system is just not there. As I said, it's 600 days of negative. So mm. not many industries would even last for 200 days at negative 95%. It's been 600 now. And it's because yeah. they are mum and dad shops, but professional travel people who have had profitable businesses for, yep. in some cases, 25, 30 years.
And what about the ones that were set to retire and all that sort of stuff? I mean, you know, one good way of me picking a fight and becoming unpopular is, you know, people say, oh, we're all in this together, of course. Well, all of your small, your small, all those small business travel agents, I mean, yeah. they don't want they don't want the job keeper or the job maker or the no, job whatever right. they live. They just want to be able to open the doors and make money, you know, make an honest living. But we yeah. won't go down that path because I'll end up in, no, we don't I'll end up in trouble. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, won't go down we need it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so listen, Barbara, what, um, so so uh, you, you, you heard what Tom just said there about the most common question he gets. Obviously, you do a lot of corporate travel. What's the most common inquiry that you're getting from business? Um, the corporate want to know uh, whether it's safe to travel and they want to know all the rulings about, about um, uh, COVID safety, whether it's the aircraft cleanliness or the airports or the cruise companies, you know, all of that is is um, uh, critical for us. The other thing is, as Julie mentioned, I mean, we need the support and we're very grateful for the support of the industry to help us get through so that we can try and sell tickets. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you've probably, you've given a nice uh, little segue there for, for Warren in that case, because I know that uh, Warren was saying about they've, they've sort of developed a bit of a plan for getting back. Do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, so safety, yes, number one uh, biggest uh, concern within uh, travellers and their confidence of returning back to travel, right? And so um, from, a, from a technology perspective, we need to make sure that that information is is live and is visible in a changing environment um you know airlines will be changing information the uh governments will be changing uh protocol and all that so we need to make sure that our technology can show um real time you know do you have to wear a mask on this plane how often is it cleaned um all that kind of information we will be able to provide that uh through our product to help the users make a much informed decision but also we want to make sure that you know within the company policy that that um that the employer is also looking after the the and having that duty of care element uh to the user so other things like being able to visually track your travelers um as you go so um a great example was the recent lockdowns right uh, what are we we're three i've lost track of time but as soon as the snap lockdown started to happen in new south wales it was easy for you to jump onto an online book and onto xeno and be able to instantly see where all your travelers are so you can start to make contact with them and check in on them um, as, as, as a company um so that's that's kind of like the safer um uh elements of things coming back leaner um so it's all about cost right so you implement an online booking tool to save costs um but also you want to make sure that you are providing the most meaningful contents to your to your travelers so um uh, let's say that you can put in a trip budget for example um so let's say that when you start to roll out travel okay so you have a thousand dollars to spend on your budget on air car and hotel we can we've got a very configurable way of putting that through to the system um and, and configuring it and it can be configured we've got you know over seven thousand corporate so making sure that every single corporate has a different, slightly different kind of a policy, we've pretty much been able to answer yes to a lot of the um, uh, the wacky and also wonderful types of policies uh, that are out there. I told you there because I'll just get a little bit of yeah. feedback. So, so Julie, uh, with respect to the, the safety uh, aspect, I mean, I'm just wondering whether or not, do, will there be corporate travellers that uh, specifically need some sort of documentation or I'm, I'm thinking about the liability and evidence and all that sort of certification are you seeing any of that 
So absolutely. I think what we'll see is I think we'll see leisure coming back first and corporates are going to need to work through their policies. You know, do they have travel insurance if a corporate traveler is overseas and they catch COVID as an example? What happens if they attend an event? Who's responsible? Is there any liability issues um, by the host for hosting the event? Um, certainly from United's perspective, we have mandated that all our staff must be vaccinated. So I think there's some comfort there when you get on board knowing that the staff have been vaccinated. We're the only US mainland airline to, to, to mandate that um, staff must be vaccinated to get on board. You're going to have to have COVID um, tests, negative tests before you depart, probably on arrival. You're also going to have to be double vaccinated and obviously be able to show such things. So it's going to be, I think, easier for the ledger traveler to kick off really quickly. And for the larger corporates, they're going to need time and advice from the government on how they protect their travellers and how they prepare for anything on the traveller's journey as well. Actually, it's interesting you say, I, I know even uh, myself, you know, I, I like to have a coffee, you know, with, with various uh, contacts, accountants and lawyers and that sort of thing. And I know that with the smaller firms, uh, you know, before we lock down, you could ring up a small firm and say, hey, let's catch up for a cup of coffee and that's no trouble. But some of the larger firms, uh, that they weren't even allowed to to do that. There were, there were rules and mandates and all that sort of stuff. So I guess if they're not allowed to have a cup of coffee, they're probably going to be hardly allowed to, to get on the plane. So I suppose leisure is, is going to be first. Listen, just Warren, you had one more thing. You said you've got coming back safer, coming back leaner, and you had coming back smarter. What's that all about? Yeah, so coming back smarter, being being in the tech space, right? You know, you want to be, you want to have confidence in your online booking tool that it's that is providing you with with the most meaningful information. Um, so things like rich airline content, um, things that you would probably traditionally see on a single airline website, but we're putting uh putting all that rich content information like um on time performance. Uh, so knowing you know comparing across all the other airlines, whose whose um uh, whose uh, performance is much better than the other things to help a user make a more informed decision about traveling on there. But other things, uh, let's start thinking about um, airline contact tracing. So, um, you know, we were able to pick up the information when the federal government decided to change and you needed to put in a postcode. You know, most people don't even know what their postcode is. Um, but, you know, we, we enhanced our software. So we were able to capture that information and put that in all the, all, all the bookings. But I also want to move that to a to another um, area where we are future proofing our product um, and going back to um, to the point of vaccine passports, right? Um, that is that is yet to be determined about how that's really going to shape itself. But we've future proofed our product so that when when that actually comes into fruition, um, we will have the ability to capture that information or integrate um, with a partner so that that information is readily available. Okay. And the last thing, the last thing as well that I want to mention is the biggest, the second biggest thing that we've seen since the lockdown um, and the pandemic is sustainability. So making sure that we're providing sustainable information on our on our booking tool, having the ability to do carbon offset management, again, to help the user understand that, you know, I could be saving a tree or forest here if I travel on this flight as opposed to another. Okay, Tom, um, I'm wondering, will the role of the travel agent change on the other side of this do you think i mean what what do how do your members adapt will their business model be exactly the same uh is there an opportunity i know that it's you know i don't know if you saw my show last week but we talked about um a thing called the stockdale paradox uh, where you know if you have too much optimism uh, it actually works against you so you've got yeah. to be realistic um but you know is there is there uh, on the other side of this are people maybe going to be using agents more i mean what's the yeah. what how is that going to work do you think 
Yeah, well, I think the short answer is yes. I mean, times of chaos, etc. Um, have a look at in Spain now with that volcano exploding. I mean, it's a it's a simple case of phone your travel agent and say, get me out of here. I mean, um, the assumption of just being able to get online yourself with the, the internet in various locations around the world and sort your own travel out in a, in a you know in a climate of chaos is. Uh, um, frankly ridiculous so I mean for, for one call to your agent as we say um, without a travel agent you're on your own it's been proven time and time again so and with, with with COVID in particular because it's fluctuating so much and it's and it's not even around the world is it clearly I mean it's a lot of countries uh, have a lot more stricter protocols than uh, not Australia but certainly stronger protocols than Britain and all the other general places so more advanced economy so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the. Um, I think there's a demand now, and uh, the increasing demand in the US proves that. They've come through their summertime, which has been a, you know, one billion people travelled on aeroplanes last twelve months. So, although in Australia we think, oh, no one's flying. Well, that's mm. normally three billion travel, mind you. A lot of them on United, Julie. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that uh, the role of the travel agent, uh, the increase in technology, agree entirely with Ron there, and, you know, and uh, getting more productivity and being the catch cry in our business on the business side that I run is uh, smarter, faster, stronger. And uh, really, that's what we need to do and implement through the business. We had 120 staff, now I have 60, and uh, we will be able to drive the same numbers we did in 2019 with those 60 people. Okay. changing systems and staying in step. So all agents will be doing that. And uh, it is a people-to-people -people business. That's what we are. We're normally a happy one, but people-to-people yeah, -people yeah, yeah. definitely. And uh, that will uh, always be the quickest way home when you're uh, uh, trying to finalise or get up-to-date information um, about what you're about to do in a COVID environment. So, yeah, I think even more important to use a travel agent. Oh, yeah. Look, like I said, I, I, that's a genuine story about when I was stuck in Darwin and all of a sudden yeah. I had to go to a different part of Australia. And uh, it was it was after hours and then Barbara's people were, uh, I think it was Ali, was able to help me. Listen, uh, we've got a question here, something that sort of uh, folds in nicely with, um, with what Tom was just saying. And I'm going to throw this one to Julie. Um, so I've got uh, David Behrman says, uh, thank you very much, David, for, uh, for your question question here. Uh, great session. Thank you. What do you think is the likely future of corporate travel after nearly two years of, on, uh, of online transactions? Will business travel return to pre-COVID levels? And how would business travel agents convince their corporate clients that business travel is necessary in the future? Now, Julie, when we were talking uh, earlier in the week, you were saying that you've got some experience in Europe and in the US that might give us some insights into how things are going to look? Maybe that answers that question. Sure. So I do think business travel is going to come back. Um, you know, I think the days of conference calls where we all used to huddle around a phone in a conference room is gone. And I think Zoom and FaceTime and um, Teams will take over that. But I still think when you're trying to do business with someone in an overseas country, different cultures, different ways of doing business, you need to be able to sit down across the table and have a conversation with people. So that's going to come back. It's going to be about advice and some rules and regulations, which your travel agent's going to help you with. What do I need to do to be safe? What do I need to do before I fly? You know, what insurance policies are available, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we can see now the rest of the world is coming back. So I think Tom mentioned um, the US, so certainly domestic US. Um, travel has come back there. So if we look at 2019, an average day in 2019, numbers through TSA, which is the um, security arm in the US, but about 2.7 million per day. So a lot of people traveling through each day. 
In 2020, at the peak of the pandemic, we were only looking at about 200,000, so such a small number. And back, if we picked a number last week, we were looking back at over 2 million again, so it's certainly growing. We look at Latin, demand from the US into Latin is more than it was in 2019, so certainly a higher demand than it was. And I think Europe opened up last week, so America has opened up to Europe, China, countries, allowing them to come into America, which they haven't done in probably nearly 16 months. So Europeans can travel. They've been traveling all summer um, and been out and about for the last six months. But now they can travel back and forward to the US and we will get there. We just need some certainties from our government on exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, all right. Well, look, we, what we're going to do now is I'm just going to go, we're, we're 37 minutes in, so we're going to run slightly over what we normally do. And Peter Ellis, I think that uh, you've probably had your question answered uh, just, uh, just so thank you very much for your question. Um, I will say myself that, I, I, you know, whilst we do the Zooms and all the rest of it, I, I think there's absolutely no substitute for sitting across a desk uh, and particularly where there's high ticket, you know, high ticket uh, items, you know, uh, anyone in, in our sector, you know, finance, accounting and law, it's one thing to do thing over, over Zoom. But if you're talking about big bucks, uh, you need to be across a table, uh, whether it's a luncheon table or across a desk. Um, look, what I want to do now is just go around for some final thoughts. Um, so we might start with you, Barbara. What are your final thoughts for advice for um, uh, for you corporate travellers and for your, uh, your, your, your high-end leisure travellers? Um, look, for the corporate travellers, I think it's important to get your travel programs lined up and to look at your travel spend. And this is where the technology will help to reduce your spend. Uh, corporate won't come back as it was, I don't believe, for maybe a year or two. But leisure will be leisure or business leisure. In other words, business people taking holidays will be quite a growth market that we see. Okay. All right. Uh, and Warren, what uh, what what are your uh, any words for your you know for for this for the industry generally? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, we're we're pretty much literally in the same boat as everyone else. Um, but I, I second everything that Barbara said. Um, when it comes to to your travel policy, I'll probably encourage. There's probably a few listeners on here that are the lead travellers um, and that do a lot of travel um, when they could. Um, I would probably encourage you to go and speak to if you've got a if you're working for a company that has a travel policy or a procurement manager. I encourage you to go and speak to them and tell them about what what you would like to see out of your travel policy. Um, that kind of that kind of engagement also ends up coming back to us as a technology company because what we need to do is we need to make sure that our roadmap and the items that we are developing is exactly what you guys need so I encourage that um, and also yes let's have a look at your your travel policy and, and where technology can complement um, and help you in that regard okay uh, now Julie I've got a uh, I've got a question for you um, from one of our uh, from one of our LinkedIn uh, viewers Julie mentioned uh, actually I've just where is it? Julie mentioned uh, certainty from the government. How long ideally do we need government confirmation to get corporate travellers back in the air? So maybe you could answer that question plus give your uh, sort of closing thoughts. Sure. So at the moment, in terms of allowing travellers back into Australia, we only have certainty till the end of October. 
So we're obviously, we, we hear in the media, we hear from government ministers, we hear from premiers, that things are going to open up at 80%. So what we're looking for is some certainty from the government that, you know, approximately what date is that 80% and what are the plans? We can't have five days notice and expect airlines to be open ready for either leisure or corporate travellers. It doesn't work like that. Things, you know, need to happen probably six to eight weeks in advance in terms of getting crew organised, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we're just looking for some advice from governments in terms of what does the future hold past the 31st of October? When's that 80% likely to hit? And what's it going to look like? And, you know, Tom mentioned quarantine. What's that going to look like? We're talking a little bit about um, vaccinated travellers won't quarantine. Unvaccinated travellers, there'll still be a cap and they will quarantine. So how do these things sort of work? So I think there's lots and lots and lots of media, but we need a concrete plan um, and I would say we need at least six to eight weeks in terms of borders opening for people to make plans and be certain that their plans are going to go ahead. Um, and for us, again, back about if we're talking corporate, corporate travel companies will help the corporate companies, um, you know, work out what their plans should be, work what their policies are. And it's something they should start to look at now, because usually once we get past our um, summer break, February can be the peak month for corporate travel. So whether it will be next year, obviously, is, is to be seen. But there will certainly be some corporate travel and leisure. People, there's so much pent up demand there to um, travel. Um, it's just people are desperate to go. So I think the quicker we can hear from the government and get something firm that is released to the general public in terms of what we can do, the better. Okay, thank you very much. And Tom, some closing thoughts from uh, from you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, I mean, on, on a general agency um, side, we really need uh, the confidence, which is what everybody's been talking about here. Nothing's going to happen without the confidence returning. There's a lot of planning going on at the moment, but actual bookings and cash flow into agencies isn't starting yet. So we need the state premiers to get into line uh, New South Wales is the gold standard, uh, you know, and then uh, the confidence returns. Dates are known, as Julie's saying. Uh, Qantas is indicating 18 December. And uh, so, therefore, the scale of that over Christmas will probably be short leisure holidays, visiting friends and family, and building into the summer of 22 in Europe, which will be, should be a boom time, providing the capacities there and the Americans don't take it all. But certainly uh, that and across the Pacific, you know, so there's lots of opportunity and pent up demand, but we can't do it without a removal of quarantine. We can't get tourists here and we can't get our own people back. So uh, and that will then drive aeroplane capacity and cruise capacity. Once we can get over those hurdles, and I know they're difficult, but at 80, 90 percent vaccination, away we go. The whole country opens up both in and outbound. And uh, then you'll see those share prices take off. Fantastic. Think. Not financial advice. Not financial and advice. And see your travel agent. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Everybody talks about, oh, make sure you go and, uh, you know, spend money at the at the cafe and the restaurant, but uh, make sure you book your, book your next uh, trip via a travel agent. All Correct. right. Well, I would like to say uh, thank you very much to Barbara Witten, the Managing Director of Anywhere Travel, to Warren Leo from um, a Strategic Account Manager at Serco, Julie Reed, the Director of Australia, New Zealand and Tahiti at United Airlines, and Tom Manwaring uh, from Express Travel Group, but also the Chairman of AFTA. 
thank you very much to all of you for joining us. It's been very informative and, uh, and some good fun as well. Um, thank you to all of you who have been watching this live and thank you to those people who ask questions. Uh, we've got a final little comment there. Insightful session. Thank you all. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks to all our viewers and listeners and uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Cheers.